Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. A very good afternoon to you. It's wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. Yes, it is Wednesday. Yes, it is 10 past 2 on a Wednesday afternoon. And that means it's time for Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz here at your service, providing you hopefully with some news, views and uh, information that will help you um, through your Jewish passage in life. Um, thinking about, as we try to do on the show, some of <coughs> discussing some of the events that are taking place, some of the things that are coming up in the Jewish calendar, how to and when to and what to, as well as some thought behind um, what goes into being Jewish. You know, we often use this term liberally. Um, I'm Jewish and I'm proud. I'll shout it out loud as the song goes. Um, I am Jewish. What does it mean to be Jewish? Are we Jewish if we just are born into Judaism? Do we retain it? And perhaps along the way in our show of Judaism 101.9, we will hopefully enable people to realize a little bit more of their Jewish depth, a little bit more about being Jewish. And yes, you are born Jewish and you are Jewish, or you convert to Jewish Judaism and you're Jewish, but there, there is a lot to being Jewish that is of particular importance. And it's not just standing up for Israel and uh, shouting out that I'm Jewish and I'm proud, but rather um, seeing to it that we can bring about a stronger connection between ourselves and the Almighty, between ourselves and our fellow men, and make sure that in so doing, we help to fix the world. We help to make this world complete and prepared for the coming of Mashiach, for the coming of the Messiah, and that, of course, is the role and the goal of what it means, actually, to be Jewish. So, in this segment of Judaism 101.9, we're going to be talking about a couple of interesting personalities that have relevance, particularly at this time, when we think about today, the 19th of Av, and we think about tomorrow, the 20th of Av, there are a couple of very important people that I would like to mention and tell you about them. And this, of course, is also part of being Jewish, remembering who our teachers were, remembering who our ancestors were, remembering what they stood for, the difficulties that they went through, the uh, strifes, the, 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 the strivings and the, and the, the triumphs that they were able to um, overcome and that they were able to leave as a legacy for each and every one of us to be able to follow, this, of course, is a major part and big role of Judaism, living up to the standards of our forebears, living up to the ways and the uh, machinery and the mechanisms and uh, the tools that were employed by our forefathers, going all the way back, yes, of course, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but all the way down to modern times, when we have examples of great people who the living persona of what Judaism is actually all about, there is something big and important in that as well. And then, of course, taking a little bit of a closer look at some of the things that some of these great people taught. Now, that's Torah. That's all Torah. Torah is not just what is written in the five books of Moses or what happened to be transcribed into the Talmud, um, a part of what we know as the oral law. Um, but in fact, all of these things, right down 
to today's scholars who are putting out um, works on Torah, who are adding and um, and, and 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 putting in new insights that perhaps haven't been revealed before. We understand that they were all there. This is all part and parcel of what it means to be Jewish, what it means to study Torah, what the Torah actually is, and how we as Jews are supposed to take it all into our realm and into our beings and live by those things. That is what Judaism 101.9 is truly all about. So the first individual that I'd like to discuss with you today is Rabbi Yaakov Kuli. Rabbi Yaakov Kuli, um, who um, passed away in 1732. It's always amazing that these great people who accomplished so much and wrote so much, and one wonders where they actually had the time to do so. Rabbi Yaakov Kuli was all of um, 40 Three or 44 years old when he passed away. I mean, it's quite amazing. He was born in Jerusalem, he was born in Jerusalem in 1689 and he passed away in 1732. And uh, Rabbi Yaakov Kuli um, had moved from Jerusalem to Constantinople to Turkey. Um, and it was there, in fact, that as this brilliant scholar uh, became well known, but he's best known to us for a great work that he actually began, left notes and didn't quite complete. It was completed actually after his passing. He wrote a work called Ma'amlo Ais, which is a compendium of rabbinic law and commentary on all the books of uh, the Torah. And he wrote in a language called Ladino. And um, that was, of course, then the common language of the Sephardic diaspora, Ladino, sort of a combination of Spanish and Jewish, Spanish and Hebrew, um, and that was uh, the language of Me'am Loez. It has been translated into many, many different uh, languages, and of course it's available in English as well. A great uh, number of volumes that he wrote with uh, great insights, commentary, and so on on the Torah. It is called The Living Torah. It is known as the Living Torah in um, uh, the series of books um, that is uh, translated into the English. Me'amlo is a great, great work. And today is the Yorzeit. Today, the 19th of Menachem Av, is the Yorzeit of Rabbi Yaakov Kuli going back to 1732. If we think about tomorrow, tomorrow is the 20th of Av. 20th of Av marks the Yorzeit, the anniversary of the passing of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's father, Rabbi Levi Yitzchok Schneerson. Now, he was born in 1878. He passed away in 1944. Also not a very old man, but a tremendous, tremendous suffering um, that he went through in his life. He passed away in a place called al in Kazakhstan. Um, and Rabbi Levi Yitzchok had been the chief rabbi of a town, a city called Yekaterinoslav. Today it's known as Dnepropetrovsk. I can never really pronounce that properly. Dnepropetrovsk. I'll get it one day. And he was arrested and exiled to Kazakhstan by the Stalinist regime as a result of his work to preserve Jewish life in the Soviet Union. He was arrested and, and sent there in 
1939, having been the rabbi in uh, the great city of Yekaterinoslav, he had been there, um, the chief rabbi of uh, that environment, of that place, a great Poisek, um, a great Talmud Chochem, and um, he was sent away, um, of course, for the heinous crime of spreading Judaism and caring for uh, his Jewish flock and so on. So after uh, 30-something years of being the rabbi in this great city, he was sent to um, a uh, an exile in a place called Chile, and there he remained until his release, a five-year sentence he got. He was released um, shortly before he passed away, and his uh, burial place is Almata in Kazakhstan. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. I wonder when we're going to have a... Uh, a uh, show perhaps on Netflix or somewhere else that is going to be talk about my orthodox life. How about uh, people highlighting the success stories rather than these miserable failures? Um, rather, let's highlight the success stories of people who have gone through um, being orthodox and have turned out just perfectly, have turned out right. And in fact, if we're going to take a careful look perhaps at um, some of the uh, successes within the religious world, I wonder if we're not going to find that uh, marriages last longer, that uh, there are less um, uh, issues of uh, whatever they are, marriage problems and uh, uh, family problems and so on. It's uh, very, very easy when you're targeting a sitting a community to be able to say from the outside that it looks to be a certain way. But it's about time that uh, the real stories of success are told from the inside. And let's rather be focusing on my orthodox life than anything unorthodox. Okay, that's just my opinion, uncalled for, but um, needed to say it. Okay, so let's move on to something else that always forms part of Judaism 101.9, and that is where we have the opportunity to study something together. And today, uh, let's have a look at the beginning of the fourth chapter of Pirkei Avot. Now, ethics of our fathers, Pirkei Avot, we know, is um, probably, and uh, let's not uh, be accused here of taking sides, but it's probably one of the most important books of the oral law of Torah itself, because it tells us actually how to live as a mensch. Isn't that something that you've always wanted to do and you've always wanted your children, you wanted your families to do, to live as a mensch, be a mensch? You know, people often criticize and they say, you know, it's all very well with all of this um, liturgy and the rituals and so on. But how about just being a mensch? Yes, how about just being a mensch is what is discussed in Pirkei Avot, in the Ethics of Our Fathers. And here today, at the beginning of the fourth chapter of Pirkei Avot, which we're going to be studying on this coming Shabbos afternoon, We've been thrown a little bit off schedule. We should be a week ahead, but we're studying um, one week behind because Tisha B'Av um, occurred at the end of Shabbos a couple of weeks ago. So we are now on chapter number four. And at the beginning of chapter number four, we are quoting a man called Ben Zoma. Now, some of the things that he said, you've heard before, but I'd like to unpack them with you stage by stage, step by step today, if possible, in the few minutes that we have available and to think about some insights into um, this incredible, incredible teaching of Ben Zoma. He actually discusses four things. And he says, number one, Ezehu Chacham, who is a wise person? 
what do we categorize as being wise? And he tells it to us in three words. A chacham is halomet mikol adam. Someone who learns from everyone. If we have the ability to learn from everyone, says Ben Zoma, this is a wise person. As it is written, from all my teachers have I learned, because testimonies are my conversation. In other words, because Hashem's testimonies written in the Torah are my only concern and conversation. So I'll put aside my pride and learn from anyone who can teach me anything. Now, it's interesting to note here that Ben Zoma is referred to just as Ben Zoma. Ben Zoma means the son of Zoma. But what was his real name? His real name was Shimon. He was called Shimon Ben Zoma. Why is he not referred to as Shimon Ben Zoma? So we can say, well, number one, it is very possible that this is a sign of his own humility. Ben Zoma was a humble man. He was a great tzaddik, a great Righteous man, he's uh, known as one of those who was shown the secrets of the Torah in what is known as the Pardes. Um, um, and um, his name, Shimon, is not mentioned here, perhaps um, being an accolade to the fact that he had a great father and he always respected his father. He didn't actually see the accomplishments himself in himself. There is another, perhaps more cynical opinion, and that is that there were a number of people named Shimon at the time. And so the way that they differentiated between them was one was called Ben Zoma, another one was called Ben Azai, and so on. And here we have Shimon Ben Zoma, who tells us, point number one, Eizehu Chacham Halomed Mikol Adam. Remember this line. Who is wise? Someone who learns from everyone. And yes, you know, we can learn from everyone. And if we think about it, even in a critical sense, we can learn from those who do wrong as much as we can learn, or not as much as, hopefully not as much as, but in the same way as we learn from people who do right, we can learn from people who do wrong. In the same way as we marvel at and look at the wonderful things that people do and that happen in our world, we can also learn from the bad stuff. So as not to do it. Remember, the Torah is divided with positive and negative commandments. There are certain things that we know that we're supposed to do, and there are certain things that we've got to refrain from doing. So we can learn from those who are not so ayayay exactly how not to behave, but we can still learn. And it's an act of great humility to say, you know what? I can and I do learn from everybody. But Ben Zoma here tells us this is chokhmah. If you want to be wise, a wise person is not a know-it-all. A wise person is not someone who always uh, thinks that they know better and uh, tells everybody else what to do. A wise person is someone who stands back sometimes and allows others to share their opinions and learns from everybody. Yes, even the people who propagate, who put forward the things that you perhaps don't want to hear, or the things that you regard as being negative or cynical or bad or bad attitude, we can learn from them as well. So point number one that Ben Zoma says is if you want to get gain uh, wisdom, if you want to be a wise person, Lomed Mikol Adam, learn from everybody. Second little piece that Ben Zoma says in this beautiful Mishnah, beginning of chapter four, Ezehu Gibor, who is strong, Gibor. You know, people are looking now. 
um, at uh, the famous or infamous uh, games going on in Tokyo, the Olympic Games, where uh, unfortunately, as it was, founded on uh, Avoda Zora and idol worship, and of course, um, many Jews were uh, put to death in the early Olympics. Let's not uh, discuss what happened, or let's not even think about the terrible tragedy that happened in 1972 as well, um, where we think about uh, that, and it makes our uh, our blood run cold and makes us feel terrible about the fact that uh, games like that continue and so on. Thank God there was some recognition, I believe, uh, this year at the opening ceremony. But when we talk about their um, the the advent or the idea of the Olympic Games, one of the things that the Hellenists, the Greeks, tried to accomplish was to show who was Gibor, who's strong. If you were stronger than somebody else, if you could lift a bigger weight, if you could run a little bit faster, if you could uh, jump a little higher, if you could push a little bit uh, further, all of those things tried to show who is a Gibor. <laughs> Here, let's see what Benzoma says. Who is strong? Who's truly strong? Hakovesh et Yitzro. Someone who can conquer his Yetzirah. Someone who has the ability to overrule his Yetzirah. His evil inclination, that's called strong. You want to know what real strength is from a Jewish point of view? Judaism 101.9 will tell you, according to Ben Zoma, real strength is koveshet yitzro, to be able to overrule your own yetzahara, your own evil inclination. Shenemar. Torech tov gibor. It says in... Um, in the Mishlei, in, in the book of Mishlei, it says in Proverbs, someone who can control himself and is slow to anger is better than someone who is physically strong. And someone who controls his feelings is better than someone who conquers a city. Yes, history is replete with so many people. This one conquered that and this one overruled uh, this country and this one became the emperor here and killed off the people there and did all of this, these things. Wow, we say, what a big, strong man. Says Ben Zoma, you want to know what real strength is? You've got something um, that is within you, each and every one of us. has something within each and every one of us that is much stronger than all of that and the ability but you, you, you have the strength to overrule it. The ability to overrule that powerful, strong Yetzirah is true strength. It's weakness when we give in. It's weakness when we allow the Yetzirah to get the better of us on small things or on big matters. But it's real strength when we have the power and the ability to overrule it. Benzoma goes on and he says, Ezehu Ashir, who is rich. Yeah, everybody wants to be rich. Don't you want to be rich? Don't you want to have a lot of money? Don't you want to own buildings and uh, properties and countries and so on? And we look at uh, some of these people who've shot themselves into outer space, and, or is it called inner space? They went to space nevertheless, um, built on great, great wealth. Ezehu Ashir, Hasameach Bechelko, someone who is happy with his lot, someone's happy with what he has. That is a person who is truly rich. You're really rich when you're happy with what you have been dished out, with your portion. Shenemar, as it says, It says in Tehillim, when you're satisfied that you can buy food and eat from the money earned by the work of your hands, 
it will you'll be fortunate, you'll be um, great, wondrous, and it'll be good with you. Ashrecha v'olamaze and Ashrecha, the fortune, the good fortune will be in this world with Tovlach v'olamaba, and goodness will be for you in the world to come. If we think about now um, the uh, proposal by Ben Zoma about wealth, true wealth is not in rands and cents or even in dollars, pounds, shillings and pence. It is in the ability to be happy with what you have. A person who is not happy is not wealthy. A person who is unhappy with what he has is not wealthy. Someone who's happy with what they have, whether it is five cents or it's five million or even more than that, that is truly a happy person and that is truly a rich person, says Benzoma. Because you're not always wanting more. You're not always greedy. You're not always looking where and how you can make another buck, how you can make a little bit more money, how you can work a little bit harder to make uh, a little bit more so that you can say that you have more so that you yourself can send yourself into outer space or whatever it may be. Happiness with what you have is real wealth. And we must point out that Benzoma uses the word here, Sameach. He doesn't say as is usually translated, someone who is satisfied. The word satisfied is sometimes, you know, the begrudged and begrumpled who will say, I'm satisfied with what I got. I wish I could have had more, but I'm satisfied. No, says Benzoma. Ezehu who Ashir, you want to talk about real wealth. Sameach Bechelko. Someone who is really, really happy with what he has. And then his final point, Ezehu who who is truly honorable? Now you might say, or we might think, truly honorable, honorable. People who have uh, given a lot of stock here. People who have done great things, who have built great empires. Uh, surely they should be the most honorable. Says Ben Zoma one second. You know, want to know who's truly honorable? Hamachabed et abriot. Someone who honors others. When you honor someone else, that's truly honorable. Not when you're honoring yourself or wanting to gain great and wonderful accolades for yourself that your name should be up in bright lights. He says um, to those who honor me by honoring my creations, I'll bring honor, says God. And those who ridicule me by disrespecting my creations will be shamed. So therefore... Having respect, showing respect for all of God's creatures, for everything that God has placed in front of us, and that everything that God has done for us, this is how we can truly call ourselves or be honorable. So, to recap, wisdom, if you learn from everybody. Uh, strength, if you're able to conquer your Yetzirah. Wealth, if you're happy with what you have. And honorable, is if you're able to honor all of God's creatures. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Of course, this is Judaism 101.9. You're with Rabbi Michael Katz, and we're continuing in our discussion today about some of the things that make us Jewish, some of the things that we need to focus on. So it is partially focusing on 
great people and what they taught us. Of course, it's always focusing on what the Torah taught us, trying to be more godly, more spiritual, and so on. And then, of course, as we discussed a little bit earlier on, trying to take some of the teachings that were brought to us by great people, and we quoted the great Mishnah at the beginning of Pirka Ovis, chapter 4, where we talk about how Ben Zoma tells us um, for special Methods to what it means to be a great person, what it means to be Jewish, what it means to be a good individual and a, and good for for yourself and good for mankind, and that is how to be strong and how to be wealthy and how to be um, happy and how to be positive and how to be honourable in a succinct and perfectly beautiful fashion. But perhaps if we just reflect back to how we began and we thought about and we think about Rebbe Yitzchok, the Schneerson, the Rebbe's father, um, father of Lubavitcher Rebbe, who passed away on Chof Av. So tomorrow is his Yorzeit, tonight and tomorrow, 20th of Av, the Yorzeit of the Rebbe's father and the tremendous, tremendous suffering that he had to go through um, on behalf of and because of Judaism and because of Jews everywhere. And even at the time that he was going through the greatest difficulty, his uh, Rebetzin, the great Rebetzin, Hannah wrote many times about how they still managed to entertain guests, even though they were in the most difficult and heinous and horrific circumstances. They've still managed to influence other Jews. They still managed to teach Torah. Her husband, uh, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, still managed to write. And, of course, it's legendary about how she managed to devise a way of getting uh, certain reeds that she managed to make a kind of an ink from that he was able to write and continue his responsa, um, which are, of course, legendary as well. So if we think about characters like that, it's people like that who lived by these very, very statutes and these very descriptive um, uh, points that Ben Zoma makes in the Mishnah. Um, he had wisdom because Reb Levi Yitzhak was a person who learned from everybody. He was really, really strong. Could you imagine having to overcome all of the difficulties uh, that they confronted? And then, you know, the Yitzhahara doesn't only come in a way whereby it tells you to do the wrong thing, but sometimes it tells you to give up. They never gave up. They never, ever gave up on what they needed to do and what they needed to teach and how they needed to put forward their uh, Yiddishkeit and bring it to other people. This was the life in the times of Reb Levi Yitzchak Schneerson. In addition, he was wealthy, so wealthy. Look at the wealth. Could you imagine being able to have the name? Here we talked about Ben Zoma. Could you imagine being able to say that you were the father of Lubavitcher Rebbe? Yes, of course, he never got to see that in a physical uh, life. Um, that his son became the rabbi, but imagine that legacy. And then, of course, what about honorable? The uh, rabbi's father was known to be someone who honored and cared for each and every individual that he came into contact with. We'll be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. And as we said, Judaism, it's not Judaism 101, it's Judaism 101.9. Of course, this is Judaism 101.9 on High FM, which is 101.9. And uh, proud to be here with you today and to be talking about great people that we need to learn from, great people that we need to admire and live up to and live by the things that they taught. And, of course, we quoted um, Rabbi Yaakov Kuli, who taught so much in Ma'am and we spoke about Reb Lady Yitzchak Schneerson, 
who taught so much, um, not only through the things that he wrote, but through the life, the life that he lived, a life of standing up for what is right and what is correct, not allowing the uh, world out there, and particularly the Russian oppressive system, to get him down in any way, but to be able to come through all of that, not only with real flying colors, but uh, with the ability to uh, teach and to 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 uh, leave a huge, huge legacy for us all to follow. And of course, it's his yard site tonight and tomorrow, um, Lady Yitzchak Schneerson, father of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And then, of course, the Mishnah that we quoted from Ben Zoma, giving us those worthwhile pieces of, of advice. If we want to know about wisdom, if we want to be wise, then remember to learn from everybody. If we want to be wealthy, remember to be happy with what we have. If we want to be strong, remember that strength is measured in how you can conquer your Yetzirah. And if you want to be honorable, if you want to be honored in any way, remember that the key to that is honoring others, not looking for the honor for yourself. What wise and beautiful uh, messages each and every one of those are in and of themselves. And we hope and pray that we can integrate just a little bit of this teaching and this learning and these incredible examples into our lives going forward. And then, of course, taking Judaism 101.9 to a much higher level of uh, being um, really, really fluent and uh, confident in everything that we do from a Jewish point of view. And hopefully very, very soon to be able to see the ultimate gift that Hashem has in store for us, which is the coming of Mashiach. May it happen speedily in our time. I look forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on another exciting installment of Judaism 101.9.